My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. I've learned that no matter what happens or how bad it seems today, life does go on and it will be better tomorrow. I've learned that you can tell a lot about a person by the way he or she handles these three things. A rainy day, lost luggage, and tangled Christmas tree lights. I've learned that regardless of your relationship with your parents, you'll miss them when they're gone from your life. I've learned that making a living is not the same thing as making a life. I've learned that life sometimes gives you a second chance. I've learned that you shouldn't go through life with a catcher's mitt on both hands. You need to be able to throw something back. I've learned that whenever I decide something with an open heart, I usually make the right decision. I've learned that when I have pains, I don't have to be one. I've learned that every day you should reach out and touch someone. People love a warm hug or just a friendly pat on the back. I've learned that I still have a lot to learn. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Dr. Maya Angelou. I was so sad to hear about her passing, as I know many of you all were. May she rest in peace. I had the honor of interviewing Dr. Angela a few years ago, seeing her speak as well. Just she's she's an amazing woman. Um, She always will be. She's a a legacy that will will never fade. And uh, though she's gone, her her words and her mission, her activism will definitely trump on. Days before her passing, I lost another important female in my life. My sweet American bulldog, Zoe, uh, passed away on Sunday after a very brave battle with cancer, as some of you know. I just want to thank the folks at Global Voice Broadcasting, today's guest, Emily Southwood, and all of you out there who have been so supportive. Um, Not only was I able to push my show back a few days, um, but I've been getting wonderful tweets and emails and Facebook messages, and I'm just... I just don't know how we survived without social media. It's like, it's insane. Um, And, you know, so much more convenient than therapy. But (laughs) thank you so much. I I really appreciate all of that. If you would like to um, learn more about Zoe, I'm I'm honoring her and celebrating her life by sharing her favorite cookie recipe that are actually cookies that are good for humans, too, on my blog tomorrow, augustmclaughlin.wordpress.com. Life and all its ups and downs teach us so darn much. I'm stoked to be sharing the microphone with a fellow writer today who's a prime example of learning from life's surprises, even the not-so-comfortable ones, and the awesome rewards that can follow. Emily Southwood has written for a variety of publications, including The Huffington Post, Betty Confidential, Elle Canada, and The Globe and Mail. Her memoir, Prude, written about her experience being engaged to a man who ended up landing a job in filming porn is laugh-out-loud funny and chock-full of girl-boner-esque insight. The experience forced her to explore feelings she wasn't even aware she had about pornography, which led to a whole lot of personal growth and even a strengthened relationship. Kirkus Reviews called her book a hip, humorous confessional written with maturity, panache, and sex-positive vibes. I so agree with that, and I'm so happy to have you here with us, Emily. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Kudos for writing such a great book. It was just such a – it was kind of like hanging out with this awesome uh, girlfriend and, and learning a lot. And uh, I just thought you did such a great job of making it very entertaining. Why did you decide to write it? Oh, well, thank you. That's so nice to hear. Um, why did I decide to write it? I, it was sort of a, a bit of a domino effect. When the experience was first happening, I didn't think I would ever write about it because it was just so uncomfortable for me at the time. But um, then I started a, a bit of time passed. I started writing a few humorous articles about it. And after doing that and getting a really great response, especially from women, it kind of encouraged me on to put it together into a book proposal. And then it went from there. Yeah. You know, that's... I love what you said about, you know, girls encouraging, women encouraging you to to move forward with it because I think it's very relatable whether a woman has been through, you know, your experience I think is very unique. Very few of us end up, you know, in a relationship with somebody who is working professionally in porn. But I think the fact that you kind of grappled with that sort of, I'm empowered, but I still feel weird, but I don't want him to know, but I need to talk about it. And I think we've all been <laughs> through those kinds of things. And you talk a lot about the fact that we don't talk a lot about it all. Uh, how have people been kind of um, responding? Have they been comfortable talking to you about the book? Uh, has it been comfortable for you to talk about the book? Yeah, I feel like people have been really, really comfortable reaching out to me. And to me, uh, it's, it's such a lovely thing to have happen because, as you said, part of my struggle was sort of feeling like, oh, I thought I was really liberal and open-minded, so why is this experience making me feel uncomfortable? So a big part of the journey for me was even admitting that I did find the experience uncomfortable. And when I did that through a few articles and had such a warm reception of women saying, oh, my God, that would have made me crazy, it just, you know, deflated things for me. So I was able to share more and share it in the form of the book. And certainly talking to people about the book, I've been extremely pleasantly surprised with how... uh, how open people are with me about it. You know, it certainly opens the door for uh, women, say, even like an acquaintance at a party to walk up to me and say something they might have otherwise, you know? Absolutely. And it's so Uh, interesting to me because, you know, I, I talk about obviously sex all the time and it's, it's, uh, it's interesting once you start the conversation, you see that people really kind of do want to talk about it. It's more like they, they're not sure if other people are going to think they're crazy or weird or judge them or whatever. And so all those conversations are so important. Uh, You've mentioned uh, feminist porn. Is it, first of all, I'm not sure everybody understands what the difference is. Um, How do you feel about feminist porn? Do you feel it's more empowering, a good thing? What are are the main differences between mainstream and, and feminist porn? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really tricky thing to kind of um, put an absolute dev- definition on because I think it ha- has different meanings for different people. Um, I guess my way of understanding it is um, it porn that's made with um, female viewership in mind with some kind of attention paid to the kinds of things that might turn women on as well as men on. And, and they don't necessarily, they're, they're not necessarily different, but sometimes they are. You know, so that's where it's sort of tricky. It's not to say that feminist porn can't be really 
like hardcore, for example, or have lots of anal sex or whatever it is, you know. Um, but I think it's, for me, porn made a little bit more with a female intended, intended audience. That makes yeah. sense. And and, there's and, such and a- then the other facet, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. The other cool. facet of, of it, of course, is the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Um, so you would hope that performers are doing things that are 100% consensual and, you know, all that good, warm, fuzzy stuff that you yeah. hope. <laughs> Absolutely, that yeah. the women are, are treated well. And it was interesting. I had um, Belle Knox, you know, the um, the Duke University student uh, who's a, a porn star. On the show, yeah, and she um, she she's a big advocate for you know changing the way that females are treated, and she brought up a really good point that you know it's not that a lot of times you know I'm sure there are exceptions, but a lot of times the women aren't necessarily being treated poorly because the men want to treat her poorly. They just don't know. No one's educated on female bodies or what might hurt them or, you know, and so she, she's like, you know, there really should be videos there should be training. There should be. And uh, so that, that's a really good point that the behind the scenes kind of stuff, Um, when it comes to mainstream hardcore porn, which again, like you said, it could be a whole Mm -hmm. spectrum. um, A lot of people, I tend to agree that it's kind of become our sex education just because we don't necessarily get a sound education. Otherwise, um, how do you feel that your experiences um, kind of influenced your take on on the porn culture versus you know what we do and do don't or do and do not talk about regarding sex? Right. Well, I mean, I guess it just it it kind of forced me against my will into talking about it. I could have never talked about it, but it would have had a very you know, a negative impact on my relationship. So I was sort of put in a situation where it was literally, hi, honey, how how was the gangbang at the end of the day? (laughs) And to just completely avoid that topic would have been a bit ridiculous. So we went there, and in the end, going there and talking about a lot of those things sort of deflated expectations I might have thought he had. And, you know, we just got into so many discussions about porn and sex and our our interests and you know it all I go there in the book yeah that's so great yeah Um, and I love that you do yeah and oh god that's awesome thank you um so yeah it kind of for me it was like I wouldn't have gone there anyway but the fact that the fact that I did made our relationship just so much more open and strong and you know certainly made me feel like it's an important thing for people to do and um yeah, that's a small aim of my book is to kind of push that conversation a little bit. Yeah, I, and I can yeah. see how that would, would happen, even if they start by talking about your actual book. I think, you know, it's it's interesting because the discomfort can turn into, as it did for you, kind of a a, a tool and a, a sort of like the um, precursor to a lot of change if you kind of step into it, you know, and discuss. And it sounds like, like the two of you yeah. had a really good relationship. It was pretty new at the time, right? It, it was... I can't remember how. Yeah, exactly we've been long. together. What have we? We've been together a couple of years. Yeah, it was like kind of two, two going on three years, and we've lived long distance for a big part of it too. So we, I moved down to LA and moved in with him, and boom, he was filming the show about porn. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was, it was a really big transition to go from long distance to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that anybody else has perhaps done that. That's I mean that's yeah, that's that's pretty huge for sure. Um uh, obviously, you know, it 
you share the the journey of kind of both being willing to talk about things, and it sounds like you both really had the good of your relationship in mind, and, and which I'm sure helped a lot. What would you recommend to uh, women or men out there who want to talk more about it and perhaps don't have they're not forced to. So what can they sort of any tips on ways to kind of bring these these topics up? Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Be inclusive, you know, like, hey, would you would you have any interest in maybe maybe you want to start with whether they're interested in watching porn at all? You know, like, I think that's an, an okay question to ask in a relationship. And, you know, if so, you could perhaps invite them into your world a little bit. Um, I think being like being inclusive and being open and trying to come from a place where you're feeling good and confident and not like you're going to suddenly become super judgy if something that's unexpected gets said. Yeah, that's such a good point. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting that, I mean, I, I think, you know, some of us just like my personality is to ask lots of questions and I've noticed in the past okay. I had to learn how to do it and I because like in the middle of eating a sandwich you don't go say you know so how many sex partners have you had like I mean I just if something right. flies into your head you don't just say it, it but um you know for, for a lot of people they they never I have friends who have no idea if their partners watch porn right. and it's like that just seems like a really important thing because like you said it's opens up other conversations but it also that's that's just seems like you're not knowing a part of their intimate life that potentially you could be sharing. I think so. And, you know, people have such a huge range of responses to the topic of porn. And you really, like, you really have no idea until you ask someone because, you know, some people that I would think, oh, 100%, you know, you're into that. No, total, total prude, right? Like, you just, you don't know. So (laughs) going there in a gentle way, in in a moment where you feel close and open with each other, yeah. Yeah. Those I, would be I my tip. But but it can go wrong, right? It can go wrong and that's just that's kind of just part of it, I think. Yeah. And I and I noticed and I think oh. everyone can relate to this too that when you two would have some tension a lot of times, you know, you would get to it would get tense, but then when you could laugh again, it seemed like if you just keep, you know, whether you take distance or keep talking through things or whatever, um, it's, you know, it's temporary. And, and knowing that yeah. those things can happen, is probably really good for sure. For sure. sure. And that a lot of the time it's not even about whether you see completely eye to eye on the topic of porn or not. It's really that it gets into like the underlying emotions of what's going on between you. You know, are you are you feeling open? Are you feeling like sharing? Are you feeling confident, defensive? Like, and, and those get into, like, trust issues, and there's so much stuff. I think when you're talking about sex or you're talking about porn, you're always having another conversation at the yeah. same time. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's really true. That's really true. And we learn so much about ourselves and other people. And I think, you know, another thing that's really important about your book is the fact that I think a lot of women, because of the way our culture views and kind of presents sexuality, we, we tend to think we're either prudes or sluts. Like there's never this sort of, you know, in between, which it seems like you really were, you've, you've learned a lot about that. Is have you, do you feel much more comfortable with your, with yourself as just individually through all this? Yeah, I do. I do. There's no, there's no question, you know? Um, Yeah. I just, I think putting all of that out there, was a really good experience for me and not to just sort of 
air my dirty laundry yeah, <laughs> or course. whatever, yeah. you know, but to, uh, just to, to, to go there with, with my emotions was a, a huge thing for me. And, um, yeah, really confidence building ultimately, I think. That's yeah. so great. That's so great. Would you be willing to, to read an excerpt from Prude? Yeah, I'd love to. Awesome. So this is, um, a little excerpt from the chapter entitled MILFs and, uh, in this moment, Robbie has come home from an, at the end of the day of shooting porn, and um, um, we're there with our roommate, Matthew, as well, who also works on the production with Robbie. So starts like this. So give me the details, I say. What did you boys have the pleasure of filming today? It was a naughty America teacher-student scene with a porn star named Riley Spence, Robbie says. I guess she was big in the 90s. He looks inquisitively toward Matt, who shrugs. Anyway, she was bitching that she mostly gets MILF scenes now that she's older. How old is she? I ask. Although I brought this topic up and do want to know the details, I can already feel myself becoming rigid. I take a slug of my beer. Around 30, Robbie says. About that, Matt concurs. But she looks older. Yeah, she, she does. She looks kind of haggard. So she's my age, I say. You're only 28, Robbie says. 29 in a month. That's around 30. Okay, yeah, I guess, but she's probably lived pretty hard, he says. Have you forgotten that I'd bartended for four years when you met me, dear? It's not exactly like I avoided nightlife. Robbie wisely doesn't bite, and I tell myself to shut my trap. I guess that's the thing about being a porn star. You're going to be judged on various accounts. She produces and directs now, too, Robbie says, changing the topic. Pretty hardcore stuff. Apparently, she's trying to prove that directors can be just as raunchy since female staff is known for being softer raunchy how i ask you know like fisting choking airtight scenes that sort of thing what's airtight i inquire earnestly robbie darts a glance at matt who quickly looks down at his iphone avoiding eye contact well it's robbie starts i get a shower before dinner matt interrupts he rises from the couch and swipes his corona from the coffee table oops I guess I scared him away, I say in a lowered voice. I don't think he's comfortable talking about this stuff with you. Airtight is when a girl has a dick in her pussy, ass, and mouth at the same time. Like that scene I told you about with the three black eyes, Robbie suddenly changes the topic. Hey, what was going on with you just there? You seemed like the age thing was upsetting you. Are you okay, he asks. I don't know, I say. The age thing is kind of crappy, don't you think? Men get older and all George Clooney, and women get haggard. It's not like we're talking about all women, he says. We're talking about porn stars. Besides, I find older women hot. I'm with you, aren't I? Robbie is a year and a half younger than I and is clearly joking. I give him a deadpan stare. Seriously, though, I don't think I represent the average guy. In high school, I had a crush on a 50-year-old teacher that nobody thought was attractive. So what you're saying is you go for the older, ugly chick. Stop it, he yells at me, smacking his corona down on the coffee table. I jump at the sound. He leans back into the couch with an exasperated sigh. I am not talking about you. And that little moment goes on from there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm covering my mouth so I wouldn't laugh at any point because I, I just – it's so – I mean, it's so insightful and, I, again, so relatable. I just feel like we've all been through similar moments. But then also I'm imagining, you know, it, it, me being in that situation. I think women really uh, – 
I think, admire you for for putting your your story out there and uh, all that you've learned. And also, like I said, it's just thoroughly entertaining. So I hope all of you out there will go and check out Emily's book. Uh, It's called Prude. It's available on Amazon. I'll be sharing some links on my website and blog and throughout social media to all of her wonderful stuff, too. Um, And what's next for you, Emily? Do you have other books in the works? Well, I've been writing a lot about motherhood these days because that's what I'm going through. I have a 19-month-old, so I've been writing some hopefully relatable tales about being a new mom. So we'll okay. see where they take me. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we wish you all the best of luck. If we can support your ventures in any additional ways, please let me know. Thank you so much. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and hop over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com for show extras and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.